Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first episode of Late Night Crimecast. I'm your host, Robin Steffens. You may or may not know me from my YouTube channel, in which I have a crime series based around kidnappings, murders, and the criminals themselves. This show will be very similar to that, so if you're like me and you love true crime, especially if you get tangled in those cases that just keep you up at night, you're going to love this podcast. Every week on Wednesday, I'm going to post a new true crime story. I will cover cases that are local, cases that get a lot of media attention, and everything in between. So join me as I begin the first ever episode of Late Night Crimecast. This week, we will discuss the case of a girl gone in 90 seconds. Now, if you've heard of this case, I'm sure it's one you remember. The mysterious disappearance of Mikkel Biggs is something that has stayed in the minds of many and is still discussed today. At the time of her disappearance, Mikkel Biggs was 11 years old. She was in the sixth grade and she was an honor student. She went to Lindbergh Elementary School where she played the clarinet and was a member of the student council. She was a smart little girl who loved to draw and wanted to be a Disney animator when she grew up. She lived in a regular suburban home in Mesa, Arizona with her family. Her family consisted of her mother, Tracy Biggs, her father, Darian Biggs, and her nine-year-old sister, Kimber Biggs. She had an average childhood and her world was centered around her home and school life. It wasn't until January 2nd of 1999 that her world and the world of those close to her was turned upside down. For the Biggs family, that day started out regularly. Nothing was amiss and the girls, Mikkel and Kimber, were outside during the day, riding bikes pretty close to home. As dusk came, the girls thought they heard an ice cream truck coming their way. Keep this in mind, I find this very, very intriguing. This is a very important detail of the case in my opinion. I just find it very strange and you will see why later as I tell the story, but just keep that in mind that the girls thought they heard an ice cream truck coming their way. So of course they hear the ice cream truck and they want to get ice cream. They immediately run inside to ask their mother for money. Their mother obliged and gave them two quarters and the girls once again make their way back outside. By this time, it's nearly dusk, about 6 p.m. The girls go to the corner to wait for the ice cream truck, but after a few minutes, Kimber decides it's too cold and makes her way back inside to get a coat. Mikkel stays outside to wait for the ice cream truck by herself. When Kimber got inside, she told her mother that it was cold and that she didn't want to wait outside any longer. Her mother then told her to go outside and tell Mikkel to come home. When Kimber went back outside, she was shocked at what she saw. She found Mikkel's bicycle lying on the side of the road. It wasn't on the corner where she last saw Mikkel, but instead was near the house. The front wheel was still spinning, and the two quarters that their mom had given them was on the ground near the bike. So at first, Kimber believed that Mikkel was playing a trick on her, you know, hiding from her, 
and she was actually upset that her sister had left her bike in the road. So of course she began to search for Mikkel, but after a while of being unable to find her, she then realized that something wasn't right. She ran back inside to tell her mother that Mikkel was missing. Police immediately recognize this for what it is, an abduction. The mother, Tracy Biggs, immediately had called the police and within 30 minutes, they had a helicopter in the air announcing that there was a missing child. They even set up roadblocks and conducted searches on almost all of the neighbors. There was one neighbor who would not let the police search his house, but of course they investigated him later in the case. He was found innocent and no longer a suspect in the case. But like I said, the police, they set up roadblocks, they conducted house searches, and it wasn't just the police that searched for Mikkel. The whole community quickly jumped into action. Many joined the search for Mikkel in an attempt to find her. There were hundreds of people making posters with her face on it, going house to house and street to street in huge search parties. I mean, everything was done. Fields were searched, mines were searched, sex offenders and suspects were heavily questioned and investigated. They even investigated every ice cream vendor that could have possibly been in her neighborhood that day. Now you remember what I said earlier about it being very strange that the girls heard the ice cream truck? It turns out that through this police investigation, it led to the discovery that there was no ice cream truck even in the area that day. The girls had been mistaken in even hearing the ice cream truck. The reason I find this so strange is because how did both of the girls think that they heard an ice cream truck and it just wasn't true? I can understand if maybe possibly there was music similar to an ice cream truck nearby, but I, I just find it very unbelievable. Something I remember from my childhood is hearing an ice cream truck and immediately running towards that noise. It's just a noise that when kids hear it, they immediately go towards it because, I mean, it's ice cream and there's nothing better than when you're outside and the ice cream truck comes by. So, of course, my immediate thought when I heard that there actually wasn't even an ice cream truck in the area the day that Mikkel went missing, that to me was a huge red flag. Seems to me that someone could have been trying to lure the girls or possibly just children in general towards that noise, especially because Mikkel went missing. Since the ice cream vendor investigation led to a dead end, the police decided to focus more on the disappearance. They later figured out that there was only a 90 second window in between the time that Kimber went inside and came back outside to find Mikkel gone. In those 90 seconds, police believe there was a window in which Mikkel was kidnapped. With no witnesses, no one who heard or saw anything, and no physical evidence, Mikkel's case has gone unsolved for decades. Her family has accepted her disappearance and likely death. 
They actually held a funeral for her about five years after her disappearance. Despite this, the family is still very dedicated to her cause and they do believe that they know who was responsible for her disappearance. A man named Dee Blaylock lived a few blocks away from the Biggs family at the time of the disappearance. As part of the police investigation, he was questioned. When asked what he was doing around the time that Mikkel went missing, he said that he was in his garage watching television. His wife even backed him up and this gave him an alibi. He also let police into his home and they were unable to find anything. If I'm not mistaken, this was as the general investigation, but still the police found nothing in his house. But it just so happened that a year later after Mikkel's disappearance, Blaylock was convicted of beating and raping one of his neighbors. And not only that, it turns out he was convicted of three sex crimes in other states. He is currently serving 187 years in prison for the assault on his neighbor. He has not been convicted in the kidnapping of Mikkel and has not admitted to anything. Mikkel's parents, they even did their due diligence and they actually visited him in prison to see if he would confess to anything, to see if he would confess to kidnapping Mikkel. Unfortunately, he hasn't confessed to anything and honestly, it's just impossible to tell if he was even involved. Based on his history, I would find it very strange if he really wasn't involved with his kidnapping. The reason being that whoever did take Mikkel had to have a good knowledge of the neighborhood and most likely lived close by. Mikkel disappeared in 90 seconds. Not only that, but there was such a quick response to her disappearance. I mean, helicopters in the air 30 minutes after she was reported missing. That's a super quick response. So for them not to find any trace of her, no evidence, nothing. I just feel like it had to be someone who lived close by, who knew the neighborhood, who might have just spotted her outside alone just with 90 seconds, the person who kidnapped her had to be extremely, extremely quick in what they were doing in order to get away like this with no trace. I would just find it strange if Dee Blaylock had nothing to do with the case. That would be strange to me. There hasn't been any breaks in the case or extra clues, anything to point them to Mikkel. They did find a dollar bill, or should I say a man bought in a dollar bill to authorities and it had a message written along the edges of the bill that said, my name is Mikkel Biggs, kidnapped from Mesa, Arizona. I'm alive. But due to the fact that her name was misspelled and the handwriting looked different from what her family could remember, it was dismissed as a senseless joke. Other than that, it does appear that the girl who disappeared in 90 seconds disappeared into thin air. Mm -hmm.
Mikkel Biggs was a Caucasian female. At the time of her disappearance, she was 4 foot 8 inches and 65 pounds. She had hazel eyes and brown hair. Even though it's likely that if she still is alive, a lot of these things have changed, I do feel like it's important to include. There are also age progression pictures available, and I will post them on the Instagram page for this podcast. That's it for today's Crimecast, and thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to tune in next Wednesday for more.